Hello, and welcome to Season 11, Episode 124 of the Cartridge Club's Game of the Month podcast, where we bring together members of the Cartridge Club community to discuss our monthly playthrough. If you're new to the club or are interested in participating in future months, please join our community Discord or follow us on Twitter at CartridgeClubNA. We love to see the hashtag CartridgeClub used whenever you talk about one of the games we've selected. I'm Captain Algebra, and on behalf of our rotating pool of hosts, I'd like to thank you for tuning in. Additionally, on behalf of the entire Cartridge Club community, I'd like to give a huge shout-out to our Patreon Club backers. Joel Boyce, Canadian Grooves, Christopher Rohr, Ross Rango, Caleb J. Ross, and Dean Lasagna. Thank you all so much. You're such an integral part of why we can do this each and every month. This month, we played an indie darling, Celeste. Joining me to talk about the game are Joel. Hi. Paul. Hello. And Awazarin. Hey, you guys. <laughs> nice. All right. So before we get into the story and how the what the game is like, I wanted to ask you guys a couple questions. Uh, was this your first time playing Celeste? And did you finish the game? And then what did you play it on? Joel, we'll start with you. Uh, I played on PS4. And uh, no, this isn't my first time. Um, actually, it was my first PS4 game, and I was pretty late. Uh, I got it in 2020 when the PS5 came out. I went and Saying myself a used PS4. This was one of the first two games I got along with Spider-Man. I played it during Christmas break, actually. So uh, just like this time. And um, and I played it again a year later to go for the Platinum. And I played it again for uh, December game of the month. Nice. Awesome. How about you, Paul? This was not the first time. I played it pretty close to when it came out. Um, beat it. I didn't actually get the the updates. Like the D, was it was it the DLC with the the core, or was that? Uh, I don't know when that was added, but that yeah, that was chapter eight. It's out. That's yeah. part of the yeah. post game. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I, yeah, so I did not get through the core. So I, I beat the the regular game, and then for whatever reason, I dropped off, and then never went back to it until um this until Captain mentioned this. So I went back to it. Super busy. I think as much time as I wanted into it. I only played probably about four or five hours, um, but I enjoyed going back into it. It's actually one of my favorite games. I really liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. And would you play it on uh, the Switch? Got it. And Wazer, how about you? First time playing it, and I didn't finish the game. And I played it on Xbox Game Pass. Oh, nice. And I played it for the first time. I did grab it. I think when it first came out with Limited Run, I grabbed it right away. And I know, Paul, you and I would talk about it when you were playing through it, uh, when we were at work and stuff. And it seemed like an awesome game. And I remember, I think I played through the first chapter when I first got it, and I really enjoyed it. But for some reason, I put it off to the side and didn't come back to it until it was the Cartridge Club Game of the Month. I was like, sweet. Gives me a chance to finally play it. And then I played it on the PS4, and uh, I streamed it. I did finish it, but I did not go past Chapter 7. I didn't do the core and then the Chapter 9 stuff. I just wanted to kind of get through the main game because it was getting towards the... Since I was streaming it, I wanted to get it all on stream. And with Christmas and New Year's, uh, I was running out of time to actually get it done. So I just wanted to get through that main game. So let's go ahead into the story. It's pretty basic. You know, we've got Madeline, your title character, who is deciding to climb the Celeste Mountain, which is very tough to do. And she starts she at the base and she meets Granny, who says she doubts that she can do it, basically. And Madeline's pretty stubborn and, and thinks that she can do it and goes on her merry way. And that's base, you know, the basic part of the story. Um, 
So why don't we get into the characters right away? Were there any that stood out to you? We had Madeline, the main character, and then she meets Theo, Badeline, Granny, and Mr. Mr. Oshiro. So were any any characters stand out to you guys? Madeline stood out just because I'm I'm guessing that's the her Madeline's mirror image. Mm-hmm. And the first time she shows up, I was just like, "What's going on?" And then she runs into him. Boom! You're. I was like, "Why am I dead?" I'm like, what mm-hmm. happened? And then I stand there and do it again. I was like, "Oh, okay." So now I've got to run from mice. <laughs> and it was just an interesting, I guess, dichotomy because all of a sudden it's like, "Oh, you've got your your good part and your bad part," and mm-hmm. like they're the same person, and you want to kill yourself now. Paul, what about you? Um, I, I was actually going to say the same and only, I mean, I mean, we'll probably get into like the actual, you know, kind of like the ideas that are presented in there with mental mm-hmm. health and all that stuff. But I just really connected with the idea. I have a lot of like the similar dialogues that they have together. And I think a lot of us mm-hmm. probably do right. with either like our realistic or pragmatic self kind of trying to kind of knock our, knock our, knock our more inspirational selves down. Um, so I just really connected to it. Um, a little history about my gaming that these guys don't know. Um, I played like up to Super Nintendo, like way back in the day. And then I didn't play video games until I had a kid and then bought a Switch in like 2017. So I like missed a large section of gaming. Um, and I really enjoyed getting back into it. And this was one of the uh, first games that I kind of went back into. And they didn't kind of have games like this back in, you know, 1993 or whatever. Um, so it was just kind of, for me, it was kind of an interesting thing that they're doing these mental health issues and, you know, kind of seeing how it all plays out. So I found that pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. How about you, Joel? Um, you know, I, I'm i going to probably say uh, Madeline herself, but you're right. Like the the whole battle line for kind of mirror image is a big part of that um, part of her story. I, I think it's interesting that, um, first of all, you have a character who's dealing with anxiety and depression. And that story kind of unfolds throughout the game in just little bits and pieces. It's not a super cutscene heavy, long 20 minute breaks from gaming kind of game, but the story's very complete. Um, it's also interesting that she kind of like, you see kind of her worst impulses coming out. So she's sometimes she's a little bit unlikable. Like she gets annoyed, she gets irritated with people, she says the wrong thing, but she's like a good person. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I like her, I like her a lot. I, I, I don't. I know some people who uh, who deal with anxiety. They really feel like this game uh, represents them. Uh, I'm fortunate enough not to have that, but I still really appreciate that perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think I liked all the characters in their own way. I know when they're streaming it, for some reason, everybody really liked Theo, and so I had one of my uh, actually one of my former students was in the chat, and uh, he was always like every time Theo came on, he's like Theo, and got super excited. It's like yeah, Theo's pretty cool. Um, I'm going to go with Mr. Oshiro just because I like the idea of, you know, he's got this hotel and you know, he's a ghost, but he doesn't know it. And, you know, adds a whole layer to the game and stuff. Cause he's just trying to get you to stay and stuff. And you are obviously trying to get to the summit and uh, just kind of see him having you try to clean up the hotel for him. And then at the end, he's obviously starts, he changes and chases you. Uh, I thought he was a pretty cool character. So let's get into the gameplay then. It's your ba- you know, basically a platform, but it's nice and fast paced. So what I really like about this game is when you die, you start immediately on the screen you were on, right? There's not a long load screen. So it really keeps you in because you're going to die in this game a lot, right? They, they add a ton of different 
elements and strategies as you go through the different levels and you got to kind of learn them on the fly. So we're going to kind of go through the seven main chapters and kind of discuss like the new things that were added, what you liked about them, what you didn't like. So we're gonna go ahead and start with chapter one, the forsaken city. And so it introduced actually quite a few of the things that you're going to deal with throughout the game. You had the springs, the breakable walls, the traffic light blocks, the disappearing platforms, the spikes, the dash crystals, the cassette blocks, and the falling platforms. And so what did you guys feel about that first chapter? you think it was a good introduction to the game? I thought it was a great intro. Um, you, uh, this, is, this tends to be the quickest chapter. I think it's probably half the length in terms of, maybe not in terms of uh, actual number of rooms, but in terms of the time you spend, you, probably from first-time players, you spend half an hour on, on this chapter, and all the other chapters are closer to an hour. That seems to be a pretty typical. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's a little bit bite-sized, but you learn basically all the mechanics right up front. There are new things that are added to levels, but in terms of Madeline, she can, she can jump, she can climb, she can dash, and just how you tackle different kinds of room setups with that combination of skills is introduced really well in this, in this chapter. I think Joel summed it up pretty well. I mean, it's a good introductory level and it gradually introduces the stuff to you throughout, I mean, the entire game. Chapter one gets you the basics and then it adds a little bit here and there. And then you just have to keep track of that while you're playing. But I think it it does a good job of doing that. Yeah, I agree. Um, When I got into it, um, A, I like probably since like, almost 10 years now i've really been into ambient and like drone music and i just really like like the atmospheric music and kind of the synthy repetitiveness of it um i think that really sets me in the mood and kind of just puts me at ease when i keep dying and dying and dying and i really liked um the um those single screen um you know basically puzzles i mean uh i'm not someone that like what i like when i watch like captain play and he's very good at like memorizing like the patterns that go on in these like longer like fights or sections. I'm not that good at that, um, but I'm pretty persistent. So and I can get lucky. Like I know like I know what I'm supposed to do. And maybe part of it's I use like I play on the Switch of those bad Joy Cons, so maybe I'm not as good. If I had a good <laughs> remote or a good controller, I mean. But like I like that I can just keep trying because I'm going to get it. It just I might die nine or ten times, whereas someone that's better at gaming might only die twice or something. So I like that, and I like that I can just do it right away instead mm-hmm. of being like I have to start all the way over. It's going to take me twenty minutes to get to this part that I challenge that was a challenge to me. So that like gameplay kind of setup that they show in that beginning, like that hooked me because mm-hmm. I was like, yes, this is a game that I'm going to enjoy. Right? Yeah, persistence is definitely key in this game. If you're not persistent, you know it's gonna it's gonna make you quit because you're gonna die. Like I said, you're gonna die a ton. I agree that. It was a good starter section. Didn't find it too difficult. And it eased you into each of those different um, items that you're going to have to deal with as you go through the game and as you're platforming your way. Um, You mentioned the Switch Joy-Cons being bad. I played on the PS4, and even that D-pad wasn't great. Like, when you had to be precise, especially towards the end of the game, I found myself, like, if I had to go straight left or right, it would angle a lot, and I got very frustrated is like ah i know what i need to do it's like i'm not the one messing up it's the d-pad so i was really wishing i had a good d-pad like back in the on the super nintendo and stuff but yeah my kingdom for a good d-pad mm-hmm. yeah i had similar issues when i was playing with the xbox series s 
the white controller that came with that. And I was switching back and forth between the D-pad and the analog stick, depending mm -hmm. on what I needed to do, because sometimes it felt like one of them, I could do it a little bit better than the other one. Because it's like, okay, I wasn't holding it at quite the right angle mm -hmm. to, to dash up or whatever. And yeah. Yeah. I found myself using the D-pad pretty much exclusively, except later in the uh, game when you got to the feathers and you could kind of free fly around more freely. Then I would try to switch quickly to the analog stick, but then sometimes that would just mess me up worse. Um, but I definitely tried for a while to do the analog stick, and I was like, nah, it's just it's not precise enough, especially when you had to get through like these small, narrow passages with spikes on the top and the bottom, and then I just end up with a lot of deaths. So Self? After that comes Chapter 2, which Chapter 2 actually introduces the fewest amount of new items to you. You've got the space blocks, which is kind of the main idea of that one. But then you got the skull binoculars, which you can look at and kind of map your way around a room, which I found nice. But I also, I'm not a super patient person. And so I would just look through and be like, yeah, yeah, I'll figure it out as I go. Whereas like other people would probably be like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And then I'll do this next. Uh, and then finally it added the shields and the shield activated platforms. So any thoughts on chapter two at all? I didn't use the skull binoculars. I think I I, I, I got in a room. I was like, oh, what is this? And it's like, oh, I can look around. All right. And just... Yep didn't really even look around just just ran yeah you can't really you can't really map it out because uh if you if it's a really long room long enough that they bother to add the scope binoculars mm -hmm. you kind of make sort of okay i need to do this and this i already can't remember what the third thing is i have to do by the time i'm starting to do it mm -hmm. you just and you know you're gonna have to try it 20 times anyway this is in a game with infinite lives where where you rarely get through a section without dying on your first playthrough um you know you just gotta just give into it just be like no i'm just i'm gonna die a bunch of times that's how i'm gonna get through it that's what i'm gonna right. learn um i like the space blocks i thought that was kind of a cool thing and this was the first chapter where you had like a little chase scene right like the chapter one there was a, was there a chase scene i'm trying to remember no no right so like that was kind mm -hmm. of cool whereas like you know you, you had that the you know like the adrenaline rush of like trying to get the puzzles and get the puzzles enough you know, through each of the multiple screens that then you had to kind of go through where you kind of like get that when you finally get it, it feels really good. Mm -hmm. So that was cool. Yeah. So right. your first boss battle to the yeah. extent that this game has boss battles, which right. it doesn't really, but it's sort of, that's the closest thing it has. Yeah. These mm -hmm. sorts of things. Right. Uh, yeah. I liked how they added that, that little chase scene. And like a Wazer mentioned earlier, like at first you don't know what to do. Right. And then all of a sudden battling gets you and you're like, Oh yeah, I guess I need to run away from her. And so it added a little extra to the gameplay, which was nice. Um, I did like the shields and the shield activated platforms. I thought it was kind of nice. You know, I have to go around the room and get all those. Sometimes it was kind of tough, especially later on in the game where you had, uh, you know, there's a tons of spikes around the room, but you had to get all the shields before that platform would move. But I thought that was, uh, that was pretty cool. After that came probably, uh, well, that's where, where Mr. Shiro shows up at the Celestial Resort. And that added the sludge, the locks and keys, the sinking platforms, the shimmer blocks, the sludge spawning tiles, and then water. Which, when I first saw the water, is like, can she go in the water? Or am I going to die? Because, you know, some games, you just die in the water. So, I'm glad you could jump in there. And if, if I remember correctly, there was no... You didn't need any air, right? You could just stay in the water. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is nice. Because that adds a whole other tense situation if you have to worry about breathing air and stuff. Uh, what would you guys think about the resort chapter? Good atmosphere. Um, 
you know, a lot of a lot of uh, game has this sort of uh, kind of atmospheric music, and this is a one of the better examples of it. Like, it's not an overpower. It's more it's more about setting the mood than it is about you know having like a like a beat or a tune. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of creepy. Uh, it's it's like a well, it's like a haunted hotel. It's literally a haunted hotel, so that makes sense. The slope spawning um, tiles I thought were kind of <clears throat> neat, but it, it took a, a little bit to figure out what was going on because. Like I hopped on a block, I moved a little bit, and then I was dead. And I was like, what happened? And then rinse and repeat and a few times of doing that. And it was like, oh, I jumped off that one, and now it's got this gunk on it. Mm-hmm. I guess I, and then jumped back. I was like, oh, yeah, that killed me. Okay, I can't do that. Yeah. Yeah, those, that, the sludge spawning ones kind of were annoying because, like, you had to be careful. You're like, okay, I got to make sure I don't need to come back to this block yeah. because otherwise I won't have a chance to. Yeah, and it's a little bit um, – it's not as – neat and and uh angular as, as other kinds of hazards yeah. it's kind of organic mm-hmm. and round and and so you land on a on a spot and then and then once you leave it all this mold grows on it but it's mm-hmm. sort of like it's it's harder to avoid sort of the hitbox on it you know right mm-hmm. uh so i like the idea of uh having to kind of plan your route like i can use these different steps Mm-hmm. I can only use each step once. How does that affect my, even the walls that you climb up that have the gunk on it? It's like, I can climb up this wall, but I can't climb back down because as I'm climbing up, it's the gunk is coming out behind me. It's an interesting challenge, but it was also kind of annoying. Um, as far, like the thing I kind of took away from this was like the uh, Mr. Oshiro. And like, I didn't, like, I haven't really, like, I haven't read about this game or anything. Or, so I just kind of got what I got from playing it. But I don't really understand his like the ghost story like i don't know what's going on there which i like like i like when there's just kind of like mysterious kind of things i mean i I kind of understand with him worrying and kind of maybe where that plays in with him at the ending and stuff but i don't know why he's a ghost and whatever but like i like that i mean one of my one of like the games i've liked recently was that inside game where you know like who knows what's really going on i mean there's theories um i don't want those theories explained so i like that he's just kind of this interesting guy I, when I was playing it for the first time, I didn't really know what was going on, and they made it interesting. Made it interesting to play. Yeah, this might be the first. Well, actually, no, that's not true because in the second level, you have battle line coming out of the mirror. Uh, but uh, you, I guess, you get you establishes pretty clearly early on in the game that this is a mountain that has weird powers and strange things happen. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the idea of somebody being a concierge to a hotel, not even realizing that he's died at some point and he's still just working as a concierge as a ghost. Uh, you do get some of the backstory if you find some of his journals as you make your way through the level, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but they, they are missable. So, yeah. Yeah. And I like how they added the journals and it was kind of, you could kind of piece together what happened in the hotel and stuff and, and why he's a ghost and stuff. That, so that was nice. Um, the one thing I wasn't a huge fan of this level is just, so you, you get into this like big room that you have to basically clean up. And so, like, you have to keep coming back to it. And it bothered me because there was, I don't remember if it was a cassette tape or the the heart that I was trying to find. But I realized how I had to get it. But then I went through a path and then that door was shut and I didn't know how to get back to where I was. So that was kind of annoying. Um, but maybe I just didn't figure it out. I'm curious, did you guys find the uh, the Pico 8 version of Celeste in, in this level? Yeah, yep. everyone found it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, sounds and, cool. Yeah, the backstory on that, as I understand it, is that that was the original Celeste, so they made it during a game jam. So I guess that means like over a weekend, mm-hmm. uh, and then they said, "Let's make this like a full game." So, you know, uh, for for anyone who hasn't played 
the Celeste we're talking about now, it's like eight bit. It's like about like Nest style in terms of the sprites. A little bit, a little bit nicer in, in some of the backgrounds, but it's about eight bit. Not not the sound design, but certainly the uh, the the visual design. And the Pico Eight is probably more like an Atari Twenty Six Hundred level. Mm-hmm. Um, it's that's a kind of fun little thing. And if you find it, then uh, and it's not that hard to find. Is you're you're led to it not very far off the main path. Then you just have access to it from now on, so you can just play it from like the the main title screen in the game if you ever want to go back to it. It's not that long; it takes ten minutes to get through the whole thing, so it's yeah. fun. Yeah. I remember when I found it, I started playing it a little bit, and then they ex- people explained to me, you know, what you just said about it being the Pico Eight version. So I was like, oh, okay. So I, I stopped playing it. But Paul or Wasrum, did you play the Pico version at all? I played it a bit. Um, I didn't get through it. Uh, it took me a while to figure. Out. I was like, well, why can't I do this one thing? I was like, oh. I think it was uh, the double jump or the dash or something. I was like, why can't I do this? And I was like, oh, this is just not in this mm-hmm. version of it. So, yeah, that took, took a second. But it was, it was fun what I played through. I, I don't know how many of the screens I got through. I went through several of them. I thought it was fun. I was like, you know, okay, I need to get back to the yeah. game. <laughs> yep, it's similar here. I mean, I didn't beat it. I, I didn't really know exactly what it was. I mean, I, fig- you know, I kind of figured out you know, that it was a similar-ish game to what I was playing. But then I was like, okay, yeah. I, you know, once I realized that it wasn't really part of the actual game, I moved on. I do like how you can now access it from the main screen so you can play it anytime. So, yeah, that, that was pretty cool. Um, I don't know. I guess while we're on it, so that that's kind of like a little Easter egg. I know, Joel, you put in there, you know, some of the other Easter eggs. Do we just want to talk about those right now? Oh, yeah, sure. Well, uh, I know one of the ones that you found in your stream is mm-hmm. the – Super Mario Brothers 3 reference, right? Yes, I did. And I was super annoyed that I didn't realize it. Because, like, I got there, and that's where a crystal heart is, right? Uh, yeah, I think that's I think that's how you get the crystal heart in that level. Yeah, so I think that's the only crystal heart I got. And I remember getting there, and I couldn't figure it out. And I saw this white block on the, on the floor, and I didn't think much of it. And then uh, someone in the chat mentioned Super Mario Brothers 3. I was like, oh, duh. You know, it's a white block. So then you, you know, duck on it for a little while, and then you go... And you can actually climb the blocks in the background and then get the heart. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, that, that's that's awesome. Um, I know we all played on console, uh, so uh, we don't have access to this kind of stuff. But you can play this game on PC as well. And there's a lot of stuff that's buried like in the files. So those are one, some of the things you can do on PC. Plus, people are there's a whole modding community for this game, so people are creating like extra hard levels and mods for it. But if you go in the files. There are a couple of cool things. Like, there's one thing that you're kind of meant to find if you want to dig around, where it's just like, oh, oh, so secret. Dot wave. It's a file, and mm-hmm. if you play it, um, it's just, uh, it's that uh, that Rickroll song. It's like do 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 do. But it's it's in like you know the eight bit version of it. Uh, it's like it's like the Madeline. We didn't mention here, but when the characters in this game speak, they do kind of like a Charlie Brown, like adult mm-hmm. speaking, like yep. kind of nonsense thing as they show the text. So it's just like that, like doing like a 15 second song of like "Never Gonna Give You Up" by Rick Astley. So that's pretty cool. Um, and there's another one that I, I really blew me away. We haven't talked about the Mirror Temple yet, but when we get to that chapter, um, you know, they actually have like a hidden message right there in the music, and anyone can yeah. can grab it. But what you have to do is you have to record the music in a certain section and then play it backwards. And if you play it backwards, there's actually uh, some hidden audio in it. Um, and if you just kind of play around with your audio levels, you can hear it. So, uh, yeah, I did put a, a, a link in the um, in the document if you want to like kind of hear that. Uh, it's like on YouTube, but 
uh, it's, I'm glad that there are people out there who do this stuff and, and dig it up because I'm not going to dig it up. Right. Uh, that's super cool. Um, I did listen to the the uh, Rick Astley stuff a little bit before <laughs> before we jo- uh, came on here. I was like, that's awesome. So another way to Rick roll somebody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's, cool. that's, that's awesome. Cool. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we're going to move on to Chapter 4, The Golden Ridge, which was my least favorite by far. Mm-hmm. And we'll get into that. So that introduced the white and pink clouds, the green bubbles, the wind, snowballs, and guided platforms. So probably three of my least favorite uh, things that you had to deal with in the game. What did you guys think about Golden Ridge? The same. <laughs> this is where I stopped. I got several screens in, and like the guided platforms took me a second to figure out. Well, it took me couple minutes mm-hmm. to figure out what the heck i was like what am i supposed to do and because i was having difficulty jumping on top of the first one mm-hmm. it seemed to be like a very specific timed jump and i just i was like what the heck i kept doing it and i think i actually looked at a um pull up a walkthrough and i was like what am i doing wrong i can't go anywhere else and running running around and then i was like oh i'm just not getting the jump right and so i jumped on top of it and it ran straight into a, a wall and i died and then i fiddled with it I was like, oh okay that's cool and then when a several screens further than that. And then I was like, you know what? I'm just, I'm done with the game. Like, I'm just, mm-hmm. I, I got, I had my fun with it. I was like, yeah, this is fun. I died a ton. Um, I think I played for an hour and a half, two hours or something. And I was like, I'm good. Yeah, you know, I think the problem with the wind is it's the one mechanic that screws with your movement. Yeah. Uh, so all of a sudden, you're like you're not going the right. You're you're going too far. You're going not far enough. If the wind's on your back, the winds, if you're you're facing a headwind, a tailwind, and that that just it's annoying. It's annoying, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that the the launching of the blocks like that's uh, that shows up a lot in the later later levels. And it's cool. It's just you realize that um, these blocks go go flying, but if you jump as they're coming to the end, you actually gain all that momentum, and that becomes an important mechanic. That, and they, they do a really good job of teaching you that. Uh, so I like kind of like I like that section. It is a, a nice new challenge in this in this chapter. But yeah, the every single wind section. It wasn't every section that had the wind, but probably more than half of them. Those were always even on a repeat playthrough. Like they're just not fun. Yep, I'm, I'm similar. I mean, I I like the guided um, platforms. I thought that was kind of cool. I like the snowball. Um, but yeah, wind pretty much in any game is going to be kind of annoying it throws right. off your timing and mm-hmm. because you you get your I guess, muscle memory on how things yeah. act and then it's like oh nope i mean same with the um, ice levels you start sliding and stuff it's like oh okay mm-hmm. well now mm-hmm. momentum has changed and it throws everything out the window a bit right everybody always talks about like ice levels and water levels in games being annoying but to me wind is so much worse you know, you guys, you guys hit it on the head. I would like it completely changes how you need to control yourself. You know, you're you're used to knowing basically muscle memory how long you have to hold right or left to land on a platform, and now all of a sudden you have to hold it longer depending on how strong the wind is, and that just completely messes you up. And I was not a fan. <clears throat> and for me, for for some reason, ice doesn't bother me as much. Like I, I can get used to it. Mm-hmm. It's just that when, yeah, because like. With with the ice, you can kind of use your jump time to kind of like maneuver yourself. Right. Whereas when yeah, when it's the wind, it's I don't know, especially in a very jumpy game, like jump based game. I don't know. Did not like it. Yeah, one know. of the major innovations of the worst Mario game, right? Mario mm-hmm. Lost Levels, the wind. Yep. Yep. 
you know, going and uh, Donkey Kong Country 2 is one of my favorite games of all time. My least favorite level is the <laughs> one with all the wind. It just, oh, get wind out of video games right now. <laughs> um, Bring in more bats. Yes, I well, I will take more bats over wind. And, and wind waker. See, oh, I mean, wind, why? Why? There we go. Uh, all right, all right, Paul, you are out of here. <laughs> well, See ya. Like, the, the, and it just proves it proves that it's uh, <laughs> wind is no good. It's true because that's why I don't like that game. You have to constantly change the wind, and it's annoying. <laughs> yep, screw wind. Get it out of here. <laughs> um, guided platform. Uh, Wazerm, you mentioned it took a while for you to like, or a couple minutes to figure it out. Same here. Like I got on the block and I didn't realize I could control it. I mean, it was cool once I realized I could, because that adds to how you solve some puzzles, but yeah, I, I couldn't figure it out at first. And then the clouds, did anyone else have trouble bouncing on the clouds? Like I could not get the timing down. Yeah. On a first playthrough, that was a challenge for me. Mm -hmm. I, I struggle with some of that timing stuff for, for, for timing your jumps mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what the game is i mean when i was playing through metroid dread even just timing space jumps yeah true attacks like it'll i'll i'll miss up the timing it's it's just a thing i yeah. my i i have no sense of time <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i could not even because you, you you visit the clouds later on in the game and it was still i it, and it was making mad because i was almost at the end of the game and these damn clouds were just i could not get the timing right and it was super annoying so, yeah, don't like Chapter 4. It might have been, I don't know if it's the one I had the most deaths on, but it was definitely close. Let's move on to Chapter 5, The Mirror Temple, which added swap blocks, red bubbles, blue torches, yet dash switches, yellow torches, red walls, and then the Seekers. Now, I don't remember, was this, was the temple after battling forced you to fall down the mountain? Or is that no, the next No, it's before. Chapter? Okay. Got yeah. It. So that's chapter six that she does that. That's right. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Okay. So how'd you guys feel about the mirror temple? Um, I mean, I can go first. This one, the, I, I just remember this is one where like the persistence part really paid off for me, but I, I just remember like, I just, there's a lot of trial and error and like just kind of going and going and going. Eventually I got through it. Mm -hmm. um, I just remember it being more of a persistence level for me where I'm just kind of like, just keep going, keep going, keep going. This is probably my favorite actually level. Um, it's uh, it's a little bit different. I mean, there definitely are some, uh, you know, challenging sections to get through. Like, you know, it's, it's we're, we still have that uh, difficulty slope. It's getting a little bit harder each chapter. Um, it's, it's a precision platformer. But this is um, the, the one level out of all, all seven where it's kind of a maze. So it's a bit of a puzzle kind of figuring out um, I mean, it's not a it's not a complete maze, but like figuring out how to get to the next section. You have locked doors. You have to go to another screen, try and find the key. Figure out how to get to the key. Which screen do I go? Do I go up? No, not there. Go down. Is do I go down left? Do I go down right? How do I get past this section? So there's a there's a a real puzzle solving element, um, almost slightly Metroidvania ish, a little bit um, that you don't really see elsewhere in the game. Uh, great atmosphere, great music, and uh, this is also really important thematically in terms of the story because we kind of we have a whole interplay between Theo and and, and Madeline. They're both kind of uh, this temple is kind of magnifying the power of the mountain mountain and taking out taking some of their demons uh, out of their heads and into uh, into real life manifestations. So it's 
nothing's spelled out super explicitly, but you're kind of a lot is laid out there. So like story wise, atmosphere wise, and some different things in gameplay. Like this is a there's a lot to talk about in this chapter. It's it's deep. So I'm I'm a fan of it. Oh yeah, for sure. And yeah, so this is the one where Theo's stuck in the in the crystal or or the mirror, right? And then you have to save him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'd say my least favorite part about this were the seekers, though, just because they were relentless. I did like that the red walls were there that they couldn't go through. But I remember there are plenty of times you get to like a long room, the seekers following you, and you have to get like switches, you have to hit springs at certain times, and I would get like almost to the end, and then the damn seeker would hit me. And I'd have to start the room all over again. And that was very annoying. Yeah, it's the only enemy, regular enemy, in the whole game is those seekers in this chapter. Uh, you can't kill them. Uh, it's not easy. Oh, that's it's right. Some... Like, if they get smashed between the blocks, right? Yeah, basically they die the same way that Madeline dies. So if mm-hmm. you manage to kind of lead them into something where something is coming to smush, smush you and you get out of the way and they get it, get in the wrong spot. In some places, it's not possible, but in some sections, you can do it. That's very satisfying. Yeah, I think I managed to do it once on accident. And then a couple other times I tried, and it just didn't work. I just end up dying myself. So I'm like, all right, I'll just try to avoid them. Yeah, that's mainly the, what you're meant to do. Right, yeah. See, a room. if you just would have continued, you could have <laughs> had one of the best chapters. I was done. <laughs> <laughs> well, and when, when, when Joel was talking through it, and, and that's where the persistence part, Pete, like, it, the thing of persistence it's just a, a lack of committing to memory, the mazy kind of parts. Because um, that's where I struggle in games. It's like anything where it's like going where you have to remember what to do. That sounds stupid. But, you know, where we, we have to remember like where to go. Because I just kind of like go, 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 go. And so for me, it just becomes a long thing of just trial and error of trying to remember where to go. Um but yeah, I bet I like because um, I just kind of looked at again to get a little memory of looked at some screenshots. But yeah, I mean, a beautiful level, like as far as like the aesthetics of it. Yeah, I, I think I probably grew with Joel. It's probably one of my favorite levels, other than those seekers, um, and uh, which is good because the next chapter is one of my least. Uh, no, actually, no, not chapter six. Chapter seven is one of my least favorites. Um, but did anyone have anything else they want to add about the Mirror Temple before we move on to chapter six? I think one thing. Um... And I don't know, it's not chapter specific. I don't remember when I noticed it, but Madeline's hair color would let you know if you had another um, jump that you could yep. use. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember where it was when I figured that out, but I was like, oh, okay, because mm-hmm. there was, what is it? You had to touch a, a, uh, a horizontal surface and it wouldn't recharge over time. It was specifically, you had to do it. She had to hit a physical. Um, horizontal surface where she could stand even if it was only for half a second or whatever and then it would recharge yeah, yeah. and that's and that's key and uh and you I, I don't i know exactly what you mean where sometimes you you see something a hundred times before it finally sinks in you finally realize oh yeah i should have noticed that a long time ago yeah because it's actually not just those horizontal surfaces there are certain types of items like the trampolines even if you hit them horizontally and they launch you they actually recharge your dash yeah so there are sections where you have to do the jump, do the dash just the right place, land in the exact right spot, get bounced off of a trampoline or spring or whatever you call it. And that actually gives you another dash. So as you get launched, you use your 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 recharge dash uh, at, at the right point in order to complete the traversal that you're doing. Um, but it's, I, you don't took me a while to notice some of those things. Yeah, I hear you. 
Right. And I'm glad they gave you a visual cue because otherwise I definitely would have forgotten when I had used my jump and or my dash mm-hmm. and when I didn't or I still had it available. Um, it also, if you were climbing and you're or you're just stand or like clinging to a wall, you started to flash if you were losing your grip and then you would start sliding down the wall and stuff. So, yeah, it was nice to have those those visual cues for sure. Mm. All right. So at the end of that chapter, right, you meet Badalyn again and they're they're trying to was this when bat or madeline was trying to convince her to help her out and to stop this disagreement and stuff but then Badalyn's like no and then knocks her down these many many kilometers and i was like watching her fall i'm like how was she gonna survive this i mean it's a video game but still like (laughs) she's just falling and falling and falling and then she hits the water which starts chapter six yeah is reflection that's 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 right. So it, it leads right into it. It's actually it's actually kind of cool because um, I like the continuity in this game. I like that there's story continuity, even though it's like a platformer. I like that you finish chapter five uh, rescuing Theo, who's who's trapped in a crystal, and you get out of chapter five, and then the and then chapter six is you guys have just climbed out of there and you're at a fire and they're like, oh man, that was difficult. That temple was crazy. And then this thing happens with battle line and it starts chapter six. Like I like, I like the story connections there. These chapters don't feel disconnected. They really lead very nicely from one to the next. So yeah, great, great start. Also frustrating though, because uh, uh, chapter six is like at the bottom of the mountain. So you've been climbing and climbing and climbing and you get visually shown, oh, I'm actually lower than I was even in chapter one. I'm actually like down in these caves on a different side of the mountain uh, I, I have never been this low. So, uh, if, if you, you figure like, I know that intellectually I'm on level six and there are seven levels. So I know I actually am making progress in video game terms, but you kind of feel like in the world that you're in, I feel like I've lost progress. Like you kind of feel it a little bit, you know? Right. And that, and that shows up in Madeline, right? She's basically like ready to give up at this point. And, you know, she kind of has to convince herself that, no, I'm going to keep doing this. And, yeah, it's 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 a tough thought to be like, man, I got to climb all the way up this mountain even further than when I started. The new things they introduce in Chapter 6, which is basically kind of like the last time they introduce stuff. I know Chapter 7 has like the checkpoints, but nothing else is new added there. So you got your feathers, you got your trapped feathers, you got your Kevin blocks, which I didn't realize had names until... Um, buddy pound amounts that announced that in the uh the chat during the stream he's like kevin like okay who's kevin and then you got the bumpers and then the purple orbs uh towards the end of the chapter so how do you guys feel about reflection you know one thing that i that i i'm sure i didn't notice in my first playthrough but uh i realized later on well in the main game it's the only chapter that doesn't have any strawberries in it yeah which kind of makes sense because it's like well she wasn't supposed to be there. It wasn't part of her mountain trip. So it kind of also emphasized the idea that this is like a detour, like, oh, you screwed up and you ended up in this spot place and there's nothing here to do except to get through it. Although there is a crystal heart, just like every other chapter. Um, I, I think this one wasn't bad. I didn't like it as much as chapter five, but um, yeah, it's it's not bad. Uh, the Kevin blocks are interesting. So, you know, these kind of, amp- they're kind of look like thwomps actually, like from Mario. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what they can go up, down, left, or right, depending on the block. And basically you have to annoy them by dashing into them. That makes them mad and they, then they go towards you and you have to basically do that on purpose in order to cause them to smash through walls 
or to give you a ride across certain sections of certain levels. Uh, it's a challenging chapter, but, um, you know, not, not, a, not a bad one. Uh, and story-wise, interesting because you encounter Granny again, you encounter Theo again, at least at the ending of it. Uh, there's uh, some more progression of the story with Battleline, and there's another kind of a boss battle at the end, which I, I think that I, I, I watched your stream cap and you were thought it went on a little bit long, uh, but I liked it a lot. Remind me what the ending was. For those it's shows. a ch- it's a chase with a uh, Battleline where you're basically trying to come to a resolution with her, and she's saying leave me alone, and so you have to start chasing her, and yeah. she starts firing off projectiles at you, yeah. and you have to dash into her. Yeah, no, that that, that was a cool one. I like that one. Yeah, I liked it too. It just yeah. went on too long. <laughs> you also have the pressure of, you know, kind of like you're on a stream and you're kind of like, mm-hmm. yeah. I wrap up the game tonight. I wonder if, it, if, the, if you, maybe you would have felt differently if you were kind of playing on your own time. Right. Just again. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think this was the chapter that my frustration was starting to set in. And it was definitely the time, you know, this was what the Friday before New Year's. And so it was like, I knew all right, I don't have a lot of time left to get this done in this month, let alone this year. <clears throat> and then it was, this was a Friday night. So I had streamed Thursday night. I had finished Sly 2, which I had been streaming since September. And that game was annoying to me. And I was going to stream <laughs> Saturday uh, with Mega Dan. And so I was like, okay, this is three straight nights of streaming. And I was like, I don't really want to have to add in a fourth stream if I can't get this done tonight. And so it was that. And then beforehand, there were the bumpers. Which was probably, other than the wind, my second most hated um, thing you had to deal with in the game. I could not stand the bumpers just because it seemed like complete. And I know it wasn't, but it just seemed sometimes random, which how I bounced off of it. And I know it wasn't, but there sometimes it just didn't seem quite right. And then it took me a while to realize that you could dash into the bumpers and bounce further away from them. So that, I mean, that helped out when I realized that, but it was just... I didn't like the bumpers at all. And yeah. so that all is going on. And then I get to that chase scene, which is really fun because <clears throat> it adds a lot of elements of the game. You know, I mean, I think there's some parts where there was, uh, you know, well, she's like what shooting laser beams at you and stuff that you have to avoid. And it's, it's, it's a fun little platforming section, but then it just keeps going and going and going. It was like, she's like the energizer bunny at that point. <laughs> she just will not stop. Which, which I have to give you guys like the people that stream props. Cause I could not imagine, especially doing a game like even when you started it. Because uh, when I start, when I you know your first stream where you're kind of getting back into it and new to it, and I'm like, man, like he's like you know he does he's doing good. I mean, like if it was me, I mean, I, like I just played even just a little bit before we got on, and I'm like, I mean, I'd be dying all the time, super frustrated, especially yeah, if like there's people like watching me and like you know I don't want them to get bored of watching me die in the same board all the time. So definite props. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, yeah, I like this chapter. I, yeah, because n- now that we're talking about it, it's coming back to me more. This, this, I like the story is really cool in this chapter. I like, this is more of a, mm-hmm. a narrative chapter. It's like there's a lot of cool stuff going on, right? And there, you know, Madeline and Madeline are trying to come to grips with, with the issues that Madeline has, and then realizing that we you, you can't just shove Madeline down, right? That that's what happened, and that's why Madeline came out earlier in the game out of that mirror, right? This was the stuff that you were trying to suppress. And now it's coming out full force. And so she realizes like, no, this is part of me. Uh, we need to work together in order to get out of this, which is, which is a pretty cool idea because, you know, it leaks into, you know, your own lives where you realize that, you know, we've got good things, we got bad things, but we kind of have to make it all work together in order to, you know, get through our lives. Absolutely. 
And so then that leads to the purple orbs, right? Because you finally, she agrees to work with you. And then, uh, so then um, you get two jumps, right? When she joins, now you can jump twice or dash twice. And then when you reach a, per or when you reach a purple orb, it kind of like accelerates you th further through the level and you work your way all the way towards the top. And you get to chapter seven, which is the summit, which because of my frustration in chapter six, I was very frustrated in chapter seven because it was basically sections of the game. You basically go through like each chapter again, like little sections. So once again, wind made its appearance. The clouds made their appearances. Um, and the only new thing was the checkpoints, which kind of like told you, I think, I don't remember how many there were. There was like 20 to 30 checkpoints. I think there were 30. Yeah. Yeah. And so, which was kind of nice, but like, you knew how close you were to the end of the level or end of the game at this point. Whereas like other levels, you know, you didn't know how close you were to finishing up the chapter. Like you were just kind of going through this. So it was nice. Like, okay, there's, there's checkpoint 10. Okay. There's checkpoint 20. I'm getting there. But then all of a sudden you get to some really hard platforming and it's like, Oh, am I ever going to get there? And so uh, chapter seven was tough. And I, but I, I don't like when games make you redo things. And so that was kind of annoying. The fact that you had to kind of redo small sections of every chapter, right? You're revisiting every single little element of the, the platforming and stuff, mm -hmm. which it's kind of like, it reminds me of like boss rushes at the end of games. So it's like, I've already beat all these bosses. I don't want to see them again. Like, give me something new. What'd you yeah. guys think? Well, they weren't really making you redo things. Like all the, all the sections were new, but you're right, right that they basically said, um, now so that she has uh, so now that she's reconciled with this other part of herself, she's more powerful. She has two dashes instead of one. And she also has the ability to get help from her other self with the, the orbs and getting going up. So now she's like, I'm going to climb all the way to the top of the mountain from down here, all in one in one in one go. So this whole I'm repeating the whole journey. So she starts out with basically redoing chapter six, like she's in the crystal caves because that's where she is. And then when she gets out of that section, now she's redoing chapter one, then she's doing chapter two, then she's doing chapter three, chapter four, chapter five, and then she does the summit. So it's a, uh, it's seven sections in one level, but the overall size of the level is about the same as all the other levels. You know, it's about the same length. It's just, uh, it's just themed. Um, it, it is annoying to have to do the wind again. That's, that's annoying. Uh, of course, but um, uh, it's all—it's kind of nice that all these sections, even the wind section, are short, um, and they don't repeat everything in every level. Like they don't repeat, for example, like grabbing Theo and the crystal because that wouldn't make any sense in terms of the story. So it's—it's it's kind of a—it's a nice kind of summary. It's kind of like it's—it's it's nice to kind of bring it all back, and it fits with the idea that like now that she's kind of uh, made this personal breakthrough, now she's able to do what was what was a big journey before now it's 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 much quicker uh but it's kind of nice when you get to that last section and it's like it's fresh material so i do kind of get what you mean about i i think it would have been worse if they made the sections longer i think the sections were short enough that i don't have too many complaints about it personally. yeah I'm, I'm definitely glad they're shorter and like you said the wind here did not seem as bad as chapter four just because chapter four was like all wind and mm -hmm. chapter seven just had that brief section yeah, it might have only been one or two screens. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think, because um, I typically agree with what Cap was saying, and I think 
maybe if he wasn't like doing it for a stream and trying to get done and having the time constraint kind of part of it as well. Um, Cause I do agree with Joel. I, I did like it. Um, Cause it was like kind of part of that story. You know, you did get knocked all the way down. You had this kind of, you know, you know, figuring out moments and now it's time to get to the summit, you know? Um, so I liked it. I liked the checkpoints. Um, I thought, I just like seeing like the little kind of like, you know, taking off the notches as you go up. Um, I liked that. I liked revisiting because um, I did enjoy the game. So it was fun to kind of do those things again, kind of be refreshed about what was, you know, what, what the game was. But again, like as Joel was saying, they're new, they are new challenges. You're not like redoing a boss that you've already done. Like it is a new challenge. Um, so I liked it. So Wazrum, we just need to give you like a save file that, as starting at chapter seven, and then you could basically play through the whole game if you just do chapter seven. But I wouldn't, it'd take me a while because then I'd have to relearn all the things that they introduced in chapter <laughs> the rest of chapter four, five, and six. <laughs> you know, there's actually another option. Um, you, you may or not may not be aware, but there's this thing called assist mode. And oh, yeah, you, I, did, I did see that and I had it, had it off. All um, you have to do is like go to if you wanted to, I'm not saying uh, you have to, but uh, if you go back to your save file and go back to chapter four and you just go to the pause menu and turn on, turn on assist mode and say, I'm just going to give myself infinite dashes and I'm going to get through this. I'm going to get through chapter four in like, in like 10 minutes. And then I'm going to turn assist mode off and then, and try and explore and try and enjoy chapter five. There you go. So wait, so assist mode, that's what assist mode. I I just was just assuming assist mode was like some hints. It's actually like, no, you there are a bunch of things you can change uh, and you just can basically go to pause menu and go to the settings and uh, you can change whatever you want, but you can give yourself one extra dash. You can give, give yourself infinite dashes Wow! and there are people and you can use that. There's nothing special to unlock it. Everyone has access to it. This is the access accessibility piece of this game. Uh, if you get stuck on one particular section and you're just like, Oh, screw this section. It's BS. <laughs> you can just cheat your way through that one section. And you can continue on the game. Hmm. Nice. Huh. No, actually Rock, cool they yeah. included that. Rockets also would call that baby mode, but it's nice that it's there. <laughs> or or chill mode. Because like my issue was I just I was like, you know what? I've had fun with this, but I'm done. It, it wasn't like the challenge got too much. It was just like and it's I think it's the style of game. When we get to the other games that are like this, I'll I'll talk about it more. But it gets to a point and I'm like, I've done enough. I'm good. I'm on ready to move on to something else. Right. Be honest, you just wanted to get back to Dread. Had I beat Dread that time? I don't know. I beat it six times in between <laughs> November and December. So, and one of them was Dread difficulty. So, right. Yeah. You just want yeah. to get back to that. <laughs> wait, are we, are, we, are we talking about Metroid Dread? Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. But, that, but that's a good example. And not that I don't, not that I don't think assist mode is good because I know whoever, you know, whoever you are as a player, you can do what you want. But like, because, you know, I tried 100% Metroid Dread, and there was, like, a couple of those, you know, dashy kind of things. The Shine like, Spark stuff you had. Yeah, the Shine do. Spark stuff that I could not figure out. And not, again, not that I would say that you cannot look up how to do things online. You know, like, you know, if you want to do it, that's fine. But I'm like, if I don't figure it out, then it doesn't really mean much to me. So, like, I was end up, you know, being at a 98%, although I love the game. Um but I was like, yeah, just kind of the same thing. Like, I'm done with it. I can't figure it out. I've tried, t- you know, hundreds of times. I enjoyed the game, and I'm just done. I'm, I'm, a, yeah. I'm an 98 percenter. That's just what it is, you know. There was there were some of those 
that I watched a video, I read through something, and I was like, I still have no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> and so I'd sit there and I had to <clears throat> had to go through it because I hundred percented it on dread difficulty, which was stupid. Yeah. But <clears throat> like but I loved that that challenge. I loved that game. I didn't have I mean I played through it six times back to back to back to back to back because I just I enjoyed the heck out of it. Mm. And but like that <clears throat> Like Celeste, for whatever reason, like I hit the point. I'm like, you know what? I'm good. I enjoyed what I played. I had fun with it. I'm ready to move on. Yeah, I think that's the same for for that's a that's the approach I take. You know, there's some games that, wow, I had so much fun with this. I want to play it again right away. And you know what? I want to play it again on a harder level. And you know what? I want to find all the collectibles. And I want to, you know, and uh, that's not every game for me. But you know, one in fifty games. It grabs a hold of me, and that's what platinum trophies are for. Mm-hmm. It's for the people who get uh, really, for the people who are the super fans of the game. It's like great, you have a platinum trophy. For people who just want to enjoy and play through it once, or or halfway through and, and stop, then of course that's always an option. Right. Yeah. And so basically, chapter seven, that's end of the main game, right? You get credits, you reach the summit, everything's good. But there are those two optional chapters. And I know, Paul, you kind of talked about earlier, like that was like the DLC and stuff. There's chapter eight, the core, and chapter nine, farewell. I personally did not play them. Did any of you play those at all? I did. Um, and I would say if you got through the main game um, and you uh, you had a good time with it and you feel like you'd like to put a few more hours and you like to play a little bit more, uh, I think chapter eight, core, is, is fun. Uh, it's probably... It's like a step up in difficulty from chapter seven, just like, you know, chapter seven is a step up from chapter six. You know, it's like 20% harder, but it's not like a ridiculously, ridiculously hard. Uh, you do have to uh, unlock chapter eight. So you, you it'll show up on your screen after you beat chapter seven. But well, if you go into the level, uh, you have to have at least four crystal hearts to actually get into the main part of the level. I think that if, if you're a casual player, you're likely to have maybe not four crystal hearts, but be close to it. You know, you're likely to come across a couple in the original seven chapters. You're likely to find a few of the cassette tapes that unlock the B-sides. And if you beat a B-side, that also gives you a crystal heart. So if you're not that far off, like uh, Cap on your playthrough, you're not that far off from kind of mm-hmm. going, oh, let's finish a couple of these B-sides. Uh, let me go back to chapter one, chapter two. If I didn't get the crystal heart there, can I figure it out? Uh, and especially when you go back to a previously completed level, you don't have to go from the start. You can choose certain sections. Uh, so you can start from section three or section four. It's broken, kind of broken down to mm-hmm. find missing strawberries or crystal hearts. So that's nice. The, uh, like I said, tapes, it shows you which section it's in. So you can, there are a lot of these quality of life things in the game that they, they try not to waste your time. Right. So it's not that hard to unlock chapter eight. And I think it's a lot of fun. The, the basic idea, the new mechanic is that it has, uh, these hot and, and cold sections, uh, so in the hot sections, there are like fireballs and lava that you have to avoid. In the cold section, there's ice. Ice ball, no slipper, no slipperiness. Okay. So no, no, no ice friction. Just uh, ice balls that you can bounce off of. And there are these switches that switch something from, um, from uh, fire to to ice. It's kind, of, it's a fun level. Uh, it's you might spend if you spent like an hour on all the previous chapters, you might spend two hours on this one. It's a little bit harder, but it's not ridiculous. And it's got a little bit extra story. It has five strawberries, only five. <laughs> Uh, it, that's the last place in the game with strawberries and there are only five of them. Each one is hard to get, but there are only five of them as opposed to, you know, in some of the previous chapters, just finding the strawberries is hard and there, you know, might be 10 or 15 or 20 in, in the level. 
kind of quality over quantity here. So yeah, I like it. I like chapter eight. Uh, chapter nine is a completely different story. Um, I I played it this month. Um, it was the one thing I hadn't done in the game. And uh, it is so hard. It is so hard. There's good story to it. It's so hard and it's so long. Um, I don't know if we're going to talk about B-sides. Uh, if we are, I might just come back to this then. Yeah, we. I mean, you can just talk about it right now. It's fine. Okay, so uh, I know you unlocked some of these and and played a little bit, but mm-hmm. uh, every chapter, chapter one to seven, actually chapter eight also has one, uh, has a cassette tape. And the cassette tape, if you get it, it's a collectible item. It unlocks the B-side for the same level. So basically, you, you don't even have to beat the level. You can actually uh, get to the B-side uh, and then exit out of the level. And then immediately you can access the B-side of the level without having beaten the, like, the main level. And so the B-side is just like a harder version of the same level. It has the same mechanics, but it's harder. It's quite a bit harder in some cases. I would say like if you're doing the B-side of like chapter one, like it's a big jump in difficulty from the regular chapter one. But if you go through the whole game, beat chapter one to seven, get to the top of the mountain, then you go back into the B side for chapter one, B side for chapter one, chapter two is no more difficult than chapter seven. But by the time you're doing like the B side for chapter seven, it's a, it's a bigger jump in difficulty. Chapter eight, it's a bigger jump in difficulty. Um, But like they're, they're doable. Um, I think I spent um, about the same as UCAP, maybe around 10 hours, uh, eight to 10 hours getting through the main game. Then when I decided to get all the strawberries, it was like another probably, and all the crystal hearts, it was probably another 20 hours. And then beating all the B-sides was like another 20 hours. Like it was taking me twice as long for a B-side as it took to get through like the regular version of the level, but it wasn't ridiculous. Um, Then it unlocks C-sides, which are ridiculous. And it also unlocks uh, chapter nine, which is ridiculous. It's just... Hmm. It's unbelievably, ridiculously hard. In fact, I'll, I can tell you that I got through all of the you know, main game and probably a thousand deaths. De- a thousand deaths. Then when I said, okay, I get all the strawberries, all the crystal hearts, all the B-sides, beat the B-sides, uh, including chapter eight, uh, core and the B-side. Uh, I was at uh, 6,000 deaths and wow. over 40 hours. Hmm. Then when I went to do the C-sides, that was like another 25 hours. And then when I, and several thousand more deaths, like 6,000 more deaths. Oh, wow. it was, yeah, ridiculous. <laughs> uh, and then I did uh, this last month, uh, chapter nine for a well. And you don't need it for the platinum. So I had gotten the platinum last mm-hmm. year and I was like, all right, well, I guess the one thing I haven't done is farewell. So I'll do farewell. Um, I don't think you need it for the platinum because they added it like a year later. So they added it to the main game uh, when the trophies had already been set. So I thought, okay, I'll do it. And uh, I spent 25 hours on just chapter nine and had 9,000 deaths. It's a ridiculously long level, but a ridiculously difficult level. Like every section is super, 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 super hard. I spent four hours on one section. Oh, wow. And there are a hundred sections. It's so much longer than any other chapter and so much more difficult than any other chapter. It's about the same difficulty of the seasides, but the seasides are only three sections each. Okay. You just do them over and over and over and over and over again. It takes you a million tries, but then you get through it. And it's three sections. Chapter nine is a hundred sections. I don't think it's worth it for most people, mm-hmm. but there is some really cool story content. So I'm kind of annoyed. I kind of feel like the B sides are awesome because they don't have any new story content. They're just an extra challenge. 
they're really cool because they have remixed versions of the songs from the main level. So you, you have like the chapter five remix. It's like this cool, funky mirror temple jazz version. And it's very, it's got a really cool beat and it's like fast paced. And, um, and it's just an extra challenge. It's, it's fun. But then chapter nine has all the story content. And I was like, you shouldn't put all the story content in this ridiculously hard level that like less than 1% of people are going to beat. Right. So you can watch it on YouTube, but uh, yeah. that's my that's my one complaint. <laughs> What's well, cool, though, I, I like that they have so much more that you can do if you want to go past the main story. And if this if this was a game that I didn't wasn't streaming, like I was just playing it on my own, I'd probably be would have been more willing to try out all of those other things. But being on stream, it's like I'm just going to get through the main game. But I know um, one of the people in my stream mentioned definitely do the core. And they did say how hard Chapter 9 was. So, I don't know. Maybe it's something I'll go through at some point. But I don't know um, if it'll be anytime soon. Uh, so, you mentioned the B-side tapes. <clears throat> the only other extras we really haven't talked about are the Crystal Hearts and the Strawberries. So, I know Strawberries only change, like, what your friends think about your pie at the end of the game. Right? Is that right? That's right. They don't unlock anything. They just kind of they affect that one little scene. Right. Which, so, like, at the start of the game, like, I knew I wasn't going to try to get them all, but I was like any that I saw, I would at least make an attempt for, but I wasn't going to search them out. And if there's one I was dying a lot on, I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to worry about it. Um, but for the crystal hearts, do they do anything? Yeah. The crystal hearts are needed to unlock uh chapter eight core. You just need four of them. Uh, so you don't, you can take any four you want. Uh, there, there are one or two crystal hearts in the main game that are really ridiculously hard to figure out. And, uh, but some of the other ones are like kind of are kind of cool actually. I like I like um, the ones in chapter two and chapter three because in chapter two, the very end of that level is Madeline waking up and realizing, oh, that was all a dream, or she thinks it was a dream, but it actually wasn't. But she thinks it was a dream where this part of her escaped, and then now it's like it's it's morning, and now it's like everything's back to normal, and you end up seeing the crystal heart on your way out, or it's very easy for you to come across it, but you can't access it, and there's a little note that says. Um, you know, uh, in waking, uh, I'm, uh, I'm an iron fortress, but in dreams I'm wide open and you're like, Oh, I have to get to this spot. I have to get to this spot in the earlier section, uh, before, before the escape sequence. Um, so you go back and just restart the level from the beginning and you try and get to that same spot, uh, during the time when all the space things are activated, the space blocks. And you realize, oh, that's that's where it is. And it's kind of clever how you get to it. And there's also one in Chapter 3 where you walk right past it. And you're like, okay, I see there's a crystal heart there. I don't know how to get to it. But I know it's in this general area. And you can play around and look around and look for shortcuts. And eventually you might un uncover it. So they're kind of fun to get. But there are mm -hmm. a couple that are kind of BS. And I would just say look them up. Yeah. Well, and, that, and that's where, because going back. So that's why I didn't go into the court. Because I didn't have the crystal hearts when you were talking. I remembered. And then... I didn't go back and get the crystal hearts. And it, it, so the, the strawberries I really like, um, I like trying to get all the strawberries and I try to get as many as, and I try, and I try to get all of them. The, and again, not a, not a criticism, but just like for me personally, I didn't like the crystal hearts because it seemed like it was more like, not, not that you're just figuring out, figuring out a puzzle. It seemed like almost like you had to kind of either get lucky or like spend way too much time trying to figure out stuff or like, I don't know. I mean, was that how the crystal hearts were or was it more like 
they were there to you could figure out the puzzle within the context of playing the of playing the the no the i would i would agree that i think some of them um if you're just making a point of exploring, you're kind of looking for any suspicious walls or you notice an opening. Oh, there's an opening there. I wonder if I can manage to get to that section, get to that opening, and then it'll open a different section off the main path. And you're you're likely to come across a couple of them, but um, some of them are you have to kind of be aware. Like the Mario Three one is actually really cool, but you do have to be aware of Mario Three, right. right, to figure that out. Like if you don't know that reference. Um, you're just not going to have any idea. Right. Mm-hmm. So like that, that is just a thing that, um, you know, some of them are, are hard and you're like, there, there are a couple where I'm like, I never would have figured that out. Uh, but some of them that I, I could, so I would say like, um, find as if you decide you want to go after the crystal hearts, find as many as you can. But if you're like, if you're really stuck on something and just look it up, yeah. you know, but it is nice that for core, you don't need to get all of them. You should get, any four you want, including just getting by beating the B side. When you beat a B side, the B side always ends with a crystal heart. So if you beat a B side, you get a crystal heart. If they're not hidden, they're just at the end of the level. So that's another way of getting crystal hearts. Which I did not realize that. And I kind of quit. Like I didn't really do the B sides because, yeah, kind of the same thing where I was like kind of done because I tried doing it like right after the board. I was kind of like, well, I just kind of did this and it's not needed. So I would, you know, it's like I'm done with the B side. I'm going to move on. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, knowing this information, I might go back because I would like to play the core. And I do think it's a bummer that they put main story kind of narrative stuff behind a very hard, like last level that most people probably won't do. Um, yeah, because I think that right. should be if you're putting the time in the game, you should be able to access that in the like at the end of the core or something, you know, like right. Yeah, I guess, I guess the nice thing is at least chapter nine, it was added like about a year later. So it really okay. is sort of it, there's there's story content, but it is DLC. It literally wasn't in the game originally. Mm-hmm. I think okay. Chapter Eight Core was in the game originally, and the barrier to access it is not as is not as bad. So right, okay. yeah, I think it's worth it if you enjoy the game. I think it's worth worth trying to access and beat the core. Okay, yeah. Wazroom, did you find yourself um, going for strawberries, or you just kind of leave them alone? I kind of just left them alone. I I got nine of them. And just in the first three chapters, I don't. There was some. I was like, "Oh, what does this do?" And so I went and I got it. I was like, "Oh, that's cool." And the first, I think all of them, I was like, "Okay, I think I can get that one. Let me get it." And then after that, I was just like, "I don't know what these do. They don't seem to do anything." Moving on. I think they tell you actually at the end of the first. There's like a little transition screen uh, every time you beat a chapter. I skipped most of the cutscenes. <laughs> well, it's not really a cutscene, but I think what happens is uh, you beat the very first chapter. And it says strawberries are just for fun. You don't need to collect them. They don't unlock anything. Yeah, that's right. I think that's mm-hmm. what happened. Is that, that came up? I was like, oh well, I'm not going to worry about it. If there's one that I can easily get, if it's like, oh, I just need to do this, this, and this, boom, got it. Right. I like the strawberries because they're a fun challenge. Sometimes they're hidden, but often they're just like it's a screen. You're like, oh, the only thing in the screen is a strawberry, and it's harder than the regular path. But I can see what I need to do. I might die ten or twenty times trying to get it. But I think I can probably do it. And if you get frustrated, you can just leave it. But yeah. um, you know, what what's what's the best unlockable to get in the game? Well, if it's a good game, the best unlockable is just getting more game. That's right. what the strawberries are, it's just more game. Mm-hmm. And like DK sixty four. Oh, I love DK sixty four. Ah, so tons good. of unlockables. Well, and, and that's where my question with the 
the crystals was because with a lot of the strawberries I could find, you know, because like if there's like a little, there's some spikes and there's a little, you know, open space and then there's a hole down. And that's what I like about like having the single screen too, because it's like, you mm-hmm. know, I can just go try to get in there. And if I, if it's nothing and I just die, then okay. But you know, if that's where a strawberry is great. And like, that seems fair to me. Like that's, right. like, you know, it's, it's something that I would try to do. Um, and yeah, and that's what I, I, re- I really enjoy that part of it. I like that. Yeah. I, re- I like collectibles. I'm a collectible guy. So mm-hmm. I like speaking yeah. of missables, uh, Theo is actually missable, right? Is it? Yeah, uh, yeah, because yeah. he's actually in the very first chapter. Yep. Did you come across him in the first chapter? Uh, I can't remember. You did. I don't think you I did. did. Okay. I think you did. Okay. I, think Captain I did. did. Yeah. Okay. I was there. Yeah. But like he's he's not on the main path, so you could very well miss him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not going to miss him in the second chapter because you'll walk across and you'll you see him, but you can mm-hmm. choose not to talk to him. Uh-huh. So you could actually not talk to him until the third chapter. The third chapter is the first time that you're forced to have a conversation, but you could see him in chapter one. Chapter You can see him in literally all seven chapters, but you don't actually have to speak to him until the third. Okay. Interesting. Hmm. Um. So let's get to our final statistics. For those of us that finished the game, do you guys know your final statistics? Like the strawberries you got, your deaths, and the total time? I've got mine. Because <laughs> it tells you when you go to your um, load your game, it tells you what you got. So right. I had nine strawberries. No, I didn't have I didn't even know there were crystal hearts or wing strawberries. Um or maybe I shouldn't recognize wing strawberries. Wing uh, strawberries could... were ones that if you was it if you dashed, they would fly away. Yeah. yeah. There were yeah, some that, that I saw that actually that had heart that had wings and mm-hmm. they seemed to follow you around a little bit. And so it was once you collected them, if you dashed, they went. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the challenge is they get to them, get to that part of the section where they are and without using a dash. Okay. Otherwise, they, otherwise. Okay. They... Actually, I think I lost a couple of those then. Oh yeah. <laughs> actually, I guess all of them that I had that I had touched, but I got um, two B side tapes. 305 deaths and an hour and 36 minutes is what I played. Um, I, I can go second. Yeah. So unfortunately I went back. So I believe I got a hundred percent on the strawberries and the boards I played because I really tried to just keep going back. And I used that, you know, where you could start at any section mm-hmm. of a beaten board. Unfortunately I deleted my save file, but I played oh. a ton. I know, man. <laughs> um, I deleted, I deleted it, but I did have well over, you know, a thousand deaths just going through those first um, seven levels. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I found three crystals, um, not four, but I, I'm pretty sure that I 100% of the strawberries for the, for the th- first seven levels. And then I really didn't play any of the B sides. I tried it, um, but then I just kind of quit and just focused on the main game. Okay, so I can go, go next. Um, I don't actually have my stats for my first playthrough, like just getting through the end of chapter seven mm-hmm. and getting credits. Uh, but I'm going to guess that I was probably similar to you, Paul. I probably had uh, one or 2,000, between 1,000 and 2,000 deaths. Uh, I was going for strawberries. Uh, I probably spent around 10 hours on my first playthrough. But the thing is, when I first played through, like I immediately was like, oh, yeah, I'm going back for all the strawberries. Mm-hmm. I immediately did core, and I, I was doing all the chapter uh, all the all the b-sides so i know that by the time i got all of my b-sides all strawberries all crystal hearts and i unlocked i unlocked chapter nine i locked uh the c-sides i was at almost 50 hours and uh like 6122 deaths and that was my, my first playthrough of this game mm-hmm. uh that was all the post-game content i wanted to do i was like that's a lot for a couple of hours a couple of weeks or three weeks i was playing it 
And then I didn't touch the game again for a year and a half. Went back, <laughs> played through A-sides and B-sides again um, just to warm myself up and kind of get my muscle memory back. And it's like, now, now I'll do the C-sides. I figure I spent another 20-plus hours on the C-sides, and I got myself up to uh, 13,970 deaths. But part of that was redoing um, redoing A-sides and B-sides. So I lost, got at least a few deaths there. But right. yeah, it was basically like another 6,000 deaths from just doing C-sides. Oh, wow. So there's an escalation here. It's like 1,000 1, <laughs> to 2,000 for just the main game. Yep. You do B-sides, it's like 4,000 extra deaths. Mm-hmm. You do C-sides, it's like six or 7,000 extra deaths. You do Chapter 9 for a well, for me... It was nine thousand extra deaths. Mm-hmm. So if you add that all together, I'm at more than twenty thousand deaths and a little over a hundred hours. Yep, it's a lot. Yep, there's yeah. that persistence, right? You're going to die a lot. <laughs> better players than me would have better stats, but um, uh, that's what I that's what it took for me to do. Not everything, but mm-hmm. uh, almost everything. Right. Yeah, and obviously, like we talked about, I just was trying to get through the main game. And so I ended up with, I think, 72 out of 175 strawberries. I think I had two or three cassette tapes, only one crystal heart, maybe two. And I ended up at five hours and 32 minutes and 917 deaths. So I was definitely proud. I kept it under 1,000 um, because there were definitely a couple times where just you would just have a bunch of like dumb deaths in a row as you're trying to figure stuff out. Um, but yeah, I was happy with under 1,000. Were there any... Anything else you guys wanted to talk about before we get to our overall thoughts? I mean, it's a it's a fun game. <clears throat> like I hadn't played it before. I had actually I don't remember even hearing much about it other than you know people like oh yeah this is a fun game. I think yeah. it's, it was I'm I'm glad I tried it out and played it. Mm-hmm. Some. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I would just say I mentioned briefly briefly previously there's a modding community so there are D sides that's not official wow. but there are people who are just like. Let's make even harder versions. So mm. they made D sides. There's this whole, uh, there's a, a big mod that came out last year. I, I think it was last year uh, called Strawberry Jam, uh, which is again a fan created thing. It's supposed to be super, super hard. Um, you need to play on PC if you want to play that content, but there's new content being created and new challenges. Mm. And there are speedrunners who have done this game. Um, I, I can't believe I actually did this, but I watched a four hour YouTube video of somebody getting 100% deathless through the oh, entire wow. game. So he beat uh, the main game, all B-sides, all C-sides, farewell. And he also did every level twice because once he beat all the levels, he went back and did the levels again to get golden strawberries, which are a ridiculous thing where you have to do the entire level without dying. <laughs> but you can't. You have to beat the level once. So he beat the level without dying already, mm-hmm. but he had to go back and beat the level again without dying to get the golden strawberry because you have to beat the main game before you unlock it. So he just wow. played the entire game, including farewell where mm-hmm. I had, re- remember I had 9,000 deaths on farewell. <laughs> he did it without dying. Wow. And it yeah. only took him four hours. It took him four hours to do all of this. Uh, yeah. That's he stopped impressive. a couple of times to go to the bathroom, but like <laughs> that was it. I, I, I wasn't expecting to watch the entire four hours, but I mm-hmm. ended up watching it like six months ago. I was like, I just, I watched the first little bit and mm. I just kept watching and watching. It's like, Oh, it's been an hour. Kept watching and watching. I watched over a couple of nights, but I just Messed I was eyes. enthralled. I was like, I yeah. can't believe this. He's yeah, getting well, sections without dying that mm-hmm. I took hundreds of attempts on. Yeah. Well, Paul, you just mentioned it. It's mesmerizing, right? When you yeah. see when, when there's a game like this, which is just all about precision platforming and stuff and someone can do it so flawlessly, 
it's it's mesmerizing to watch. No, like I like to watch. Uh, I mean, in a, in a game I might talk about when we were kind of wrapping up here too. Well, unless we're talking about other games, um, is Hollow Knight. But like, mm-hmm. I like watching. It's fun to watch people with a game that you love just be able mm-hmm. to break it, as long as it's not actually broken. I shouldn't say that because uh, I don't like watching like any kind of speed runs. But if it's like a like just a regular speed run where you're beating mm-hmm. the game normally, like it's amazing what people can do, and it's just it's it's because you appreciate it. Right, you, you play it. So when they've mastered mastered the game as it yeah. was intended to be played, not hey, if you yeah. walk into this wall at this angle, doing this and that and the yeah. other, mm-hmm. you flip through and you get you skip two levels or whatever. Yeah. Although actually, that's interesting because there's been sort of like a fan dialogue with this game that is quite unusual. Um, and when they came up with this farewell chapter uh, a, a year later, it was because a speedrunning community grew up around the game and they. Uh, they did create some speedrunning tricks uh, that were not really intentionally designed for the game, but they were sort of arose out of the the way the game was programmed and realized, hey, if you do this, you can clip this and do that and maintain momentum. And then they created Chapter 9. Uh, I didn't mention this, but one of the things that makes Chapter 9 so hard is they created the creators of the game made Chapter 9 so that you could only beat it with speedrunning techniques. Oh, wow, so they forced you to learn speedrunning techniques that were grew up around the speedrunning community and then made cool. this level that can only be beaten with these techniques. Interesting. That's kind and of they're so hard. Like yeah. I, I had arthritis from doing these things, like, <laughs> like uh, pressing this button, pressing that button. I had to switch my thumb placement uh, on my right hand. Cause I realized I have to be on the dash button and the jump button at the same time. Mm-hmm. It was taking me too long to switch between uh, like the X and the O I had to be on the X and the square. Yeah. Otherwise I couldn't do it. In chapter nine, yeah, that's cool. That's that cool. Very cool. Yeah, that is cool. But that also makes me not want to do chapter nine because I don't. <laughs> I don't recommend it. I don't recommend it. You know, uh, I yeah. need something to do for a cartridge club game of the month, right? I mm-hmm. I thought I was done with my second playthrough with the seasides. It's like, oh, yeah. if I'm going to do a three a third third crack at the game, I guess I'll do it. So I blame I blame you, Cap. No, <laughs> me? Hey, no, don't blame me. There's multiple hosts that chose this game you can't can't blame just me <laughs> yeah but oh that's super cool yeah i think maybe i will play chapter eight but i'm not so sure about chapter nine now <laughs> hey just use the assist mode uh yep. no i don't play baby <laughs> mode okay. you can use assist mode on chapter nine actually yeah. that is a thing that's totally yeah. a thing come on it's true a wazroom you know me okay yeah i i play games legitimately okay no save states, no rewinding, <laughs> default settings, no no baby mode. <laughs> I'll use baby mode if I just want to get through the game. Yeah. If I'm like this game has been here too long, it's time for it to go. <laughs> I just want to see I just want to see the story how the story plays out or I just want to, you know, whatever. Yeah. I'll use it cuz right. I'm just like my time, I have so little time to play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, I I just enjoy the grind. I don't know, that's that's why I play games. <clears throat> especially like difficult games i just i like putting the time in because then it feels like i accomplished something yep you know it whereas if i put this game on assist mode then it's not gonna have any meaning to me yeah you know it's just like i feel like i cheated yeah for me it's just specific games some games like okay i don't really care about going through this this way or you know hey i want to do this one this one because i i love this game um like there's a game called starflight the speed run is three minutes and like 20 seconds or something. Wow. You skip the entire game and it is, it is an awesome game. Mm-hmm. Like 
uh, creators of Mass Effect drew inspiration from this game. And if you just do the speed run, you don't actually play through the game blind. There's a ton of grinding, not only for uh, money, but also information. Because you mm-hmm. don't know what's really going on when you boot up the game. It's like, oh, hey, you got to go do this. But you've got to get information from these guys, these guys, these guys, these guys, these guys, these guys. And it's just like you, you're piecing together a giant puzzle. It's awesome. Right. That's a Genesis game, right? Yep. Got it. All right. Well, when I stream that for Genesis A to Z, I need you in the stream to uh, tell me what to do. <clears throat> I'll, I'll, I'll be there and I'll... Uh, there's lots of fun we can have. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> awesome. Well, why don't we get to our overall thoughts then? So we just got three questions. We'll just go one at a time, and you guys can just answer them any order you want. So first of all, would you play this game again? I'm going to say yes, because I obviously did play it again. <laughs> yeah, I went for all the post-game content. So, yeah, I think this is a game to – so, yes. Would you do Chapter 9 again? <laughs> oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I just had to see if there was a limit to how much you would do in this game again. Where's the insanity line? Right. <laughs> I I might, but it, it's, it has to do with, the, the like I said, the style of game. Like, I play them for a while, and I get my fill of it. I'm like, that's great. I enjoyed what I played. Time to go on. Um, I am going to, and, um, you know, because I kind of started playing again for this. I didn't get... Um, I didn't beat it or anything, so I'm gonna go through and I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna make it through the core because I do enjoy the game, and 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 when you mentioned the 125, I did get the 125 strawberries. I remember that now. So I'm gonna go through. I'm gonna get the strawberries again. I'm gonna get the core. I'm probably gonna skip the farewell, and maybe I'll do some of the B sides. Um, but yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm not gonna die nine thousand times. I don't. I don't think I would enjoy that part. I don't think no. I would enjoy that. Yeah, like, like I like chapter five is awesome. Yeah, I like I like I like difficulty, but I don't like insanity. Mm. Yeah, I, I want to be able to do it. Yeah, and I might play it again. Uh, I find myself rarely replaying games these days. I'm much more of like, hey, I've got this huge backlog. I want to just keep getting through as many different games as I can. So maybe I will, but uh, it's not that I didn't like it. I just I just want to play other games. So that's, next, is, oh, go ahead. Why, that's basically why I didn't finish it. Is because I was like, I'm good where where I'm at, mm-hmm. you know. And I think I had a decent death death ratio for how far I made it. I got two of the B side tapes, made it through part of Pico, and I was like, like I said, I was just I was done. I was like ready to move on, and I had to get the more games finished for the my console challenge. So yeah. <laughs> All right, what would you rate this game on a scale of one to five? Now, unlike Curtis, I do allow halves. So you can uh, you can do it any ranking anywhere from one to five. One being very bad, five being the best. Uh, I'll start. Uh, I give it a five. I think I'd go like three and a half to four. I think it's 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 a really good game, and like you don't have to complete it. You can get to a point where you're done. Like I finished, like I said, I finished chapter three, a little bit into chapter four, and I was like, you know what? I'm ready to go play something else. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking. So this is like like for us, like our personal yes. ranking. Yep. So just for us, I mean, it's a five. I mean. I, yeah, this is like, I really, like even just playing it today before we um, jumped on, like my stress level, even though it's a stressful game in a way, but like just with the music and the story and just the fact that there's no, not really a penalty for dying, like my stress level, just because I have my headphones on and I really, I just like it. I, I, you get it, you get into a flow, like when you kind of like, when you play it for a while, like you just, when you, when you get those strawberries or get those like difficult parts, it just feels real good. 
but you're not like taking hours to get to that point. So I really like it. That's a good game. I give it a five. I'll probably give it a four. It would probably go up to a 4.5 if you got rid of the wind and those bumpers. <laughs> and if, you know, I didn't stream it, I feel like that definitely <laughs> added to my frustration. Um, but it's a good game. It's fun. And I, like I mentioned earlier, I really enjoy the fact that those deaths don't really affect you at all, right? You start immediately on the screen you were on and you just keep moving. So I did like that. And so the last question I got for you guys is, are there any other games you would recommend that are similar to Celeste? You know, I don't actually, I don't actually play a lot of precision platformers. Uh, I did play uh, Super Meat Boy a couple of months before I played this game for the first time, interestingly enough. Um, and uh, I had the same uh, approach that some of you guys had on, uh, on this one, where it was like, I got through the main game and there was a bunch of unlockables. I was like, ah, that's, that's enough. Uh, it didn't grab me the way that this one did. Uh, but I know like uh, for a lot of people who are into precision platformers or platformers, like that's the big question. What do you like better, Celeste or Super Meat Boy? So I would say if you like Celeste a lot and you had to play Super Meat Boy, you might want to check it out. Uh, I have a, another a bit of a weirder recommendation. Um, there's a, a kind of an obscure one, but there's this uh, RPG series called Disgaea. And they had like a side series of really, really hard platformers for the PSP. Uh, Prinny 1 and Prinny 2, where you basically play like the lowest level enemy character. And it's like a one-hit kill. And it's super, super, super hard. That's probably the first really, really hard platformer I've played. Probably hard to find, but um, kind of fun, actually. And frustrating, but fun. Um, I can go second. I mean, I kind of mentioned it already. And I don't know if it's really the same or similar. Um, well, and I, I, I won't echo Joel, too, because actually, as I said, I, I had a big, big gaming gap of you know, 15 years or whatever. But the beautiful thing about the Switch, people like knock that everyone got everything got thrown onto it and there's all the remakes. The the, the benefit is it's perfect for me who missed 15 years of gaming because I got to just kind of go through like the best games that were over those 15 years, you know, for the most part. But like like I picked up Super, you know, uh Meat Super Meat Ball. Super Meat Boy. Boy. Super Meat Boy. But Super uh, Meat Ball should yeah. be a game now. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a good game. Uh, but no, I, I but I had the exact same thing because I, I think I played Celeste and I was looking for you know for some similar games and that one was like highly recommended, and I liked it. Like it was fun to try to figure out the things and I liked how it showed like the prior deaths. I mean that was kind of cool. Yeah, it's cool. It didn't hook me at all. Like I like you know, I kind of beat it and there was all the extra stuff and I was like I wasn't invested in it. It was fun, mm-hmm. um, but it, I wasn't invested like this one at all. But the one that I would when I got my Switch after 15 years of no gaming. I got Breath of the Wild and I got um, Hollow Knight because it was like five bucks on sale. And I didn't like Breath of the Wild because um, I liked old, because I grew up on like Link to the Past Zelda. I've come to like it since then. But when I first played it, I'm like, no, I, I just keep dying and there's cold and I'm like, what's going on? So I went to Hollow Knight and I loved Hollow Knight. And it is platformy, there's more boss battle parts to it. But like the atmosphere and the music parts and the mystery, um, because I, I played Celeste right after that, and that was one of my favorite games as well. And if you like kind of like this old aesthetic, um, as far as like the graphics and stuff, um, I cannot recommend. It. And it's always cheap; you can get it for like usually five bucks on sale on any system. So, yeah, good good call. It's a different kind of a game, but I I really see the similarities. Really, really hard Metroidvania platformer, more of an action fighting yeah. aspect to it. But yeah, I would. They're both out there in terms of difficulty. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you. Hollow Knight. 
So <clears throat> I had Super Meat Boy on mine. There are also V V V V V however many V's there are. Um, I want to know exactly how many V's. Come on, Awazroom. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a second. I can Google that. <laughs> um, <clears throat> another one's called Mr. Run and Jump. Came out in the last few months. That one was that one was fun. Again, it's another one I and Super Meat Boy. I played it. I think V V V too. I played it for like an hour or two. Like I'm done. Um, but one that was on the 360, I don't know if it was on the PS3, was is Explosion Man. Oh, yeah. Um, that one's really fun. That one I actually played all the way through it. I didn't get all the cakes, but um, you know, everybody loves donuts, and Explosion Man's a really fun game. It's a lot of, and it's but it's not <laughs> unfortunately one screen, you go back to a checkpoint or something. But I think Explosion Man is one that doesn't really get enough, enough attention. Yeah, I think Super Meat Boy was definitely the one that came up the most. Uh, like during my stream, a bunch of people tell me, oh, like you like Celeste, you like Super Meat Boy. And I've actually played a little bit of Super Meat Boy before Celeste. And I was having fun with it, but it didn't grab my attention like Celeste did. But it's definitely one I might play through here soon. Um, with Paul, you talk about Hollow Knight. One that I thought of were the Ori games. Again, mm. it's it's more of a Metroidvania and stuff, but there is some precise platforming. Uh, specifically, I know in the first game, you have to like, is it, you have to like climb your way out of like a volcano or something. I can't quite remember for sure, but yeah, it was very precision platforming. It's kind of tough and stuff. It's not that quick death and respawn right away, but it, it's kind of similar. So I opened up Celeste. I checked out assist mode. So you can take the game speed down from 100 to 50% and 10% increments. You have infinite stamina. You can change the number of air dashes to two or infinite. Dash of assist and then invincibility, hmm. which, yeah, invincibility is like, okay, yeah, you can just walk through the game if you want to see the I, story or whatever. I so, betcha that's what that guy was doing that did it deathless. He was just doing invincible. <laughs> <laughs> he figured it out. We cracked the case. We did. Thanks, Awazroom. I can do it, do it without dying now. <laughs> yep, right. <laughs> Anybody can do an, a no death run now. <laughs> that's awesome. So before we hear where you can find our great guests on the internet, let's look at our upcoming games of the month. So currently in January, we're doing Golden Axe. February will be GoldenEye 007. And March will be the Atari 50 compilation. Again, if you'd like to get involved at the club, I'd encourage you to follow us on Twitter at CartridgeClubNA. You can also visit our Discord for all kinds of discussion about past, present, and future games of the month. To those of you interested in supporting the club beyond a review on the podcast app of your choice, I'd like to mention that the club is entirely funded by pledges made from members of our community. We are extremely grateful to those supporters, and if you're interested in becoming one of them, please look into how you can do that at patreon.com slash cartridge club. All right, so I want to thank you all for being part of the podcast. It was a lot of fun. Uh, so just kind of give uh, plugs where we can find you on the, the internet. Uh, Joel, we'll start with you. Uh, well, I'm in the Cartridge Club Discord. Uh, use it with the username QX. Uh, on Twitter, I'm at JJS Voice. All right. Awesome. And Paul? Yeah, I'm nowhere. But <laughs> I enjoy watching all of you guys and all of you YouTubers and other content creators and stuff. So it's fun. Yes. You'll occasionally see Paul in my streams. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> that's probably the easiest place to find you now. Yeah. <laughs> Wazroom, how about you? Uh, I'm on Twitch, Twitter, YouTube. I uh, started doing a little bit of stuff on Facebook, but it's Wazroom. Google it. DuckDuckGo being whatever. And I'm Captain Algebra, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, um, I got my own Discord. I'm in the Cartridge Club Discord. 
Um, so just Captain Algebra everywhere. I'm on Instagram, but I don't actually use it. So you can find me on there, but I won't respond to you if you like DM me or anything like that. <laughs> so thanks again to everybody being here. And then to everyone listening, we look forward to hearing from all of you soon. Thank you for joining us. CC Unite. <laughs>